Welcome back to episode 28 of Insects for Dummies. Sometimes I think about not starting the episodes this way, but I've done it for so long that if I don't, I fear you might not know what you're listening to. Jokes aside, I got a doozy for you guys today, and our Australian listeners already know what I'm talking about. Bull ants are a group of ants in the genus Myrmicia, with nearly 100 species, all of which are endemic to Australia, except for one, which hails from New Caledonia. Endemic means they cannot be found anywhere else, and New Caledonia is a group of islands close to Australia, so these ants really are confined to this corner of the world. They weren't always so isolated though. In fact, the history of bull ants shows that they were previously found in many countries and continents, with fossils being found from Canada, Colorado, Germany, Denmark, and even Argentina. Over time, they weren't able to survive these climates though, leaving them only in Australia and its surrounding islands, which is not an uncommon theme if you think about how marsupials never managed to survive anywhere else either. These ants are very aggressive and venomous, which makes them the world's most dangerous ant. This is not an exaggeration. It's actually been made official by Guinness World Records. The venom used by these ants is pretty potent, and it hurts a lot more than you think it should, according to many people who have had the unfortunate experience. It's not in their head though. Research shows that the venom in bull ants has actually evolved to be more painful in mammals. It contains an added compound not seen in other ant species, which makes subsequent stings much more painful and keeps the area hypersensitive while it's in your system. You can't really blame them though, when they've lived on an island with ant-eating animals like the echidna. Fun fact, the echidna and platypus are the only mammals in existence today that lay eggs. Yep, you heard that right. This is not a podcast about egg-laying mammals though, so we're gonna have to move on. Let's get to appearances, because these ants look like no other. First off, the ants themselves have a variety of sizes depending on the species, but many of them are pretty large. Secondly, a very characteristic trait to all bull ants are the crazy pincer-like mandibles. Don't be fooled though, it's not the saw-like jaws you need to worry about, it's actually the stinger on its abdomen. The larger species of bull ants pack six times the venom of your standard honeybee, making them lethal to those who have an allergic reaction. It's actually well known to Australian natives that these ants could send you to the shadow realm. Looks like you're going to the shadow realm, Jimbo. To a healthy adult, they don't really pose a health risk though, just a really painful punch. Some people think of them as walking wasps, and honestly, that's not too far from the mark. These ants come from a very old lineage, which is probably why they didn't make it in the harsher climates seen around the world, and their body shape really does resemble more a wasp than an ant. Currently, the oldest ant is thought to be 120 million years old, and bull ants can be found in the fossil record as far back as 50 million years, which puts them in the early Eocene period. This period was a time when the continents were already pretty divided, but Australia was actually connected to Antarctica, and the climate was much, much warmer everywhere. Another unique physical trait to these ants are the two very large eyes that sit on each side of their head. Bull ants do not leave pheromone trails like other ant species and rely heavily on their sight to get by. 
Researchers at the Australian National University have concluded that the worker ants have better night vision than their flying counterparts. And this checks out. The worker ants spend their time roaming for food and taking care of the nest, while the winged mated queens fly for a brief period during the day in search of a place to set up their new colony. However, the queen does not stay idle in her nest after she's made one. She actually leaves the nest to provide for her first generation, which is something not seen with most newer ants. This actually segues us into the next topic, the colonies, because unlike a traditional ant colony, which is usually very large, these ants have smaller colonies with the number of ants being in the hundreds and the max capacity reaching around 3,000. These colonies are subterranean and can sometimes extend quite far, despite only having one opening in most cases. Now, because these ants are more primitive in nature, they don't actually forage in groups and the workers will go out alone to bring food back. The adults rely on a liquid diet of nectar, honeydew, and other sugary sources, but the larvae are actually carnivorous, so pieces of prey are fed to them within their colonies. This diet is also supplemented by infertile eggs laid by workers. Some species of bull ants actually have a communal colony that's shared by other queens. This is specifically found to be the case in some of the smaller species of bull ants. Larger bull ants might start making a nest together, but this usually results in a battle to the death over who actually gets to stay there. Earlier in this episode, I mentioned that these ants are highly aggressive, but I didn't say how. Basically, these ants, true to the name, will chase you like a bull, and they'll also hang on like a bulldog. Not to mention, because they have incredible eyesight, these ants have a habit of staring and actually following movements from intimidating predators or prey. Some people actually keep these as pets, and I've seen ads for Australian queen ants online. Now keep in mind these ads were showing up in my feeds well before I started diving into this topic, so it's not a direct result of this week's research. Some people report that the ants will stalk them or even chase them around their room if the opportunity arises. A lot of smaller species of bull ants actually jump and are referred to as jumping jacks, jumping ants, jack jumpers, or hopper ants. These ones you really don't want to mess with because they'll actually jump up on you when threatened. Fortunately, bull ants are not for sale in certain countries, like the US for example, or even Western Australia, because some of these ant species are actually localized to the eastern half of the country. If any of you actually have experience with caring for these ants, I would love for you to send me an email talking about it. And if you'd like, I'm definitely willing to share these on the podcast. This concludes today's episode on bull ants. But wait, before you go, I have one favor to ask, and that's to rate and review the podcast, if you're enjoying it, of course. It really does help the show a lot, and it also just makes my day. If you'd like to check out the Instagram page or the Facebook page where I post pictures about the insects I talk about, you can find the links to those in the description of this episode. If you'd like to send a listener email, you can send it to insectsfordummies at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.